0: together.
1: Good morning, and welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. Thank you so much for coming on this very special day, Father's Day. And to all of our fathers, we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Today's a day we celebrate men, and men, you will be given a special gift when you leave. So I hope that you will enjoy that. But most importantly today, we come to worship our Heavenly Father. What a special opportunity. You know, the privilege to be able to worship communicate and fellowship with the one who created you is something not to be taken for granted, something to savor and enjoy and to celebrate. And this morning, that's exactly what we'll be doing. If this is the first time that you have been here, we would ask you just to take the guest card and pew in front of you and draw, fill it out, drop it in the offering boxes when you leave. We would certainly appreciate that. And if you would join me in a time of prayer, and we will continue our time of worship. In celebration. Father, thank you for the opportunity and the time that you've given us. I pray that the power of your spirit would be among and in the midst of all of us. I pray, God, that we would be listening, that our ears would be attuned, and, Father, we would hear what your word has to say, that we would engage in public worship, that we would sing the songs of the faith that come from the depth of our hearts and not just from the memory of the words, but, Father, meaning for each and every one of us. And even in a world that seems to be very chaotic, we can have the presence of your peace as we rely and call upon you. God, I pray this morning that we, each one of us, will do that. And as the body of faith here, that, God, we would experience your presence. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Redeemed how I love to
0: proclaim. His child and forever I am.
2: Thank you for the promise that when two or more are gathered in your name, you are there in our midst. Lord, we welcome you among us today. Today we ask you to bless all fathers for the many times they reflected the love, wisdom, and mercy that you exemplify in your relationship with us, your children. Bless all fathers as they care for their families. Give them strength and wisdom, tenderness and patience. Support them in the work that they have to do, protecting those who look up to him. As we look to you for love and salvation, through Jesus Christ, our rock and defender. Amen.
3: Dad, can I tell you some things that are really important to me? Because I need you more than you'll ever know. I need you to be near me, because life can get so lonely. I need you to teach me right from wrong because integrity matters in a world with shaky absolutes. I need you to be my hero, because we all need heroes. I need you to guide me, because sometimes I feel like I'm walking in the dark. I need you, Dad. I need you to admit when you're wrong because I need to know you're human. I need you to initiate time with me simply to know I'm worth the effort. I need you to teach me when to stand firmly, when to speak boldly, and when to sit quietly. I need you, Dad. Most importantly, I need to see Jesus in you on the inside of you and on the outside of you in your moments of success and your moments of failure. I need to see Jesus in you, through you, and in spite of you. I know this is a long list of needs do this I know that God's grace will carry you when you feel unclear and uncertain so thank you for your love your discipline and your courage I need you
0: and invite
2: Scripture reading for today is from Genesis chapter thirty-two, verses twenty-two through thirty-two. Please join me in the reading by following along on the screen. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford at the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. These are the words of the Lord We are blessed today by the sharing.
1: Father, thank you so much. We are looking forward to the Patriotic Musical next Sunday at 10.30, and the great hot dog picnic afterwards. It's going to be a great time of honoring God and challenging each one of us in this nation to follow God. Probably some of you remember 1979, the Little River Band, the lyrics of the song man on the run. It goes like this, anyone can see you're only a man on the run. In and out of trouble, you're only a man on the run, only a man on the run. I think that might could speak to most of us in here at some point or another in in our lives. There have been some times that I'm sure that you have found yourself maybe on the run, running from something, trying to avoid some kind of responsibility or some circumstance some event in life i believe that ours is a generation that lives on the run it's almost like to the next best thing always avoiding some things because it's just right in the front of us and we just don't want to have to deal with it our subject today is jacob and he lived like that He literally was born on the run, trying to outdo his brother Esau from the very get-go. Esau, his brother, well, he ran from him. He ran from his father-in-law Laban. In reality, he was running from himself. And yet there came a time when Jacob ran out of resources, and he came face-to-face with God. The night that we're going to talk about this morning was a life-changing wrestling match and some of you have been through those with God it might have been years ago some of you are still going to go through that in the future where you and God struggle and wrestle over what his desire is for your life Or what his desire is for that moment whatever your calling might be and you struggle because there's part of us that just wants to control everything that we do three things I want to address number one the man who wrestles with God will come to the end of his resources a person without resources can prevail with God in prayer and that is a key component to our lives we can prevail in prayer when we meet god face to face and therefore we see that he can change our nature and our situation something that he believes is the very best for us there's a backdrop to this uh, encounter that jacob had with god verses 22 and 23 of uh, genesis 32 says that That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jacob. And after he had sent them across, he sent all of his possessions. Now, why would he do that? The backdrop, to some degree, is this. Jacob, 20 years or so after leaving his family, back to his old ancestral land was coming back home and he didn't end on the best of terms when he left 20 years prior in fact I would imagine that after uh, Jacob had sent all of his possessions all of his family over on the other side of Jabbok the stream the river that all of a sudden He began thinking about the last words he heard that Esau had said. I am going to kill Jacob. The last words that he heard before he left, and now he was coming back home. As he was coming back home, he sent everything on the other side, but he had some unfinished business. He had to have some time to think. He wanted some time by himself. He had heard that esau was coming to meet him and esau was coming to meet him with 400 men now esau was a was a big warrior and he had an army and you can just imagine now what jacob's what his mind is doing it was not the same man who left 20 years earlier He was not the same man who had stolen Esau's birthright. He was not the same man who had deceived their father, Isaac, into bringing the family blessing that was meant for Esau to come upon Jacob. He's not the same guy. In fact, his heart was that he wanted to find favor with Esau, his brother. He wanted to make things right. But it appeared to him that Esau was coming with a mighty army, And so he and God needed to have a conversation. Jacob had done his part. He had taken numerous of his herds. He had sent them on ahead of his family and his possessions. Depending on the scholars that you read, some say it's a gift. Others say it's a bribe, whatever. He was trying to make sure that he got into some kind of favor with Esau. Maybe not to kill him. That night, when he stayed by himself in the darkness of that starry sky, he and God had a conversation. The question that might arise in your mind is, well why was he even going back to his, uh, to his family homeland anyway? Well God said in chapter 31 and verse three, "Go back to the land of your fathers and your relatives. And I will be with you in other words Jacob it's time to heal the family rift. it's time to make things right and here's my promise to you I will be with you you know the Bible is full of promises from God it's the promises of you know what if you do these things I will be with you i will take care of you i will protect you i will guide you through all of those circumstances it's a book full of promises and hope and this is one of the promises that god gave to jacob sometimes even though we hear god say this is the promise there's always in the back of our minds maybe just a small doubt is it really going to happen that way The night before meeting Esau what Jacob wanted was the blessing of God not only the promise that he was going to be with him but the blessing Genesis 32 24 the Bible says that so Jacob was left alone have you ever been to that spot in your life have you ever been to a place where you were apprehensive about what was about to happen whether it be the next day or in the days ahead And i know that in our own church family because of just who we are uh, there are all kinds of difficulties Uh, there are medical situations that we have looming before us that cause us to feel alone there are financial situations that cause us to feel like we're by ourselves there are strained family relationships even though they may be across the country that make us feel alone. There are times, like Jacob, all of the hustle and bustle stops. And we're tired of running. And all of a sudden, we are still. And in that darkness, we feel alone. After a lifetime on the run, Jacob had run out of resources. And in that moment, he was alone. The rest of the time he felt like he could do it on his own he had the strength to accomplish this was he was about to face something he knew he couldn't handle by himself let me tell you there comes a time in all of our lives when there is something just ahead of us and we realize our mortality we realize we don't have the strength the the cognitive skills we don't have the intelligence We don't have the abilities to handle that on our own, and we've got to feel like we are alone. We're out of our resources. Here we find that that anxious fear, darkness, loneliness, it confronted Jacob at that moment. His physical situation at Jabbok the river and his family's presence away from him, in essence, an absence underscored his loneliness. He was alone. You know, God can stop every person on the run and confront them their lack of resources and he's there he's always there i go back and i think about the story that jesus told the parable of the prodigal son the prodigal son as we understand comes to this place where he says you know dad i want my inheritance and and reluctantly the father gives the youngest son his part of the inheritance and he goes off into a foreign country and he blows all, all of it the bible says in uh, verse 14 that after he had spent everything uh, of luke 15 14 there was a severe famine occurred in that whole country and he began to be in need all of a sudden he found himself with a lack of resources in verse 17 and verse 20 it comes back together he says when he came to his senses he got up and went to his father when he came to his senses when we run out of our resources when we run out of our strength when we run out of the ability for us to do things on our own will and we can no longer move forward it's then we come to our senses and say you know i don't have to god has given me these promises and that's what the son did he had wrestled with bad choices through the early part of his life he even tried to to get a job to make up for it the problem is that there was still strained relationships. He was still running away until he finally stopped and said, why am I hitting my head against a wall? And so he came back to the father, and that's what Jacob was doing. Jacob had been running his entire life, and finally he came to the place in the darkness of that night alone that he and God were going to have this encounter. Secondly, we find that the man who wrestles with God may encounter God with in prevailing prayer. I means spending a lot of time in prayer. It's giving it our entire being to prayer. We can have that encounter with God. That we begin to understand, and God is able to enlighten us to the place where he wants us to be. In verse 24, the scripture says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Some versions have the special heavenly visitor. Not a one of us likes to be startled by something or someone we don't know. But here Jacob was, with his heavenly visitor. And the struggle was just about to begin. D.L. Moody defined prevailing prayer as a prayer that involves the whole of our being. In essence it's basically praying with your whole body being soul spirit it's not a Sunday school's prayer that uh, that we just quickly say well you know help us this morning to learn the lessons that we can learn it's not a meal that you take around the table thanking God and blessing him for the food it is a time that you get together with God and you are in the midst of every aspect of your body every sense of your body laying it before god and saying god there are things that i don't understand there are things that i don't appreciate there is chaos in my life and i want to know where are the promises that you have for me you think wouldn't that be offensive to god it's not offensive to god god created you he can handle anything he can handle your criticism he can even handle you saying you don't believe in him breaks his heart but he's god we're not and so we get to this place where when we want to really encounter god and we want to prevail in that encounter in our time of prayer that god is ready for that he wants that because it's going to be meaningful and it's going to change your life forever That's what Jacob did that night when he was left alone. There's some things to settle. There was certainly some conflict ahead in his mind. There was something that had to be changed. And so this mysterious night hour visitor wrestled with Jacob. Now it's uncertain who was actually wrestling with who. But what we do know is that Jacob wrestled with a visible manifestation of the invisible God. Jacob's redeeming character trait was a determined and undeniable desire to know the blessing of God. That's what he wanted. He wanted and he was determined and he was not going to turn back at any way until he got that. Do you know anybody like that? Might be you. Might be somebody else. That's kind of of the trait of my youngest daughter. from When she was just little, she had this this determination. Whatever she did, we weren't going to be able to help a whole lot. She was determined. Well, Jacob was determined to know the blessing of God. That determination, that undeniable desire, and for him to know the blessing of God was going to speak volumes. And so we find it as the uh, as the wrestle match continued on that Jacob actually did prevail, but the visitor marked Jacob with a blow to his thigh. You see, God wanted Jacob to know that he was in a match with a power greater than Jacob was, and He marked him for life. But there's also this understanding that Jacob, in the midst of his determination, and his hunger to know the blessing of God. That God appreciated that. And there was a change in the life of Jacob. You see, Jacob was determined not to let go until God blessed him. And I think to some degree there is in my mind at least a parable in the New Testament that speaks to this. It comes out of luke chapter 18 and there was a widow in the town who continued to go to the uh, the judge asking him to give justice against her adversary and the judge said i don't care i don't i, I don't fear god i don't care about this person i don't even care about what people think but he says yet i will see that this woman gets justice and my terminology is so she won't drive me crazy (laughs) that is persistence that is determination Jesus said as he concluded that parable he said and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones and I tell you he will see that they get justice there's a promise there god is saying listen persistence determination those are good character traits especially if you're seeking the desire and the heart and the will of god in your life what his purpose for you is you fight with that you give that kind of of effort and that with, with all the tenacity that you can Persistence and determination are key elements in prevailing prayer. A prayer time with God, when you wrestle with what God's desire and purpose is with you, when, when you meet God face to face in the power of God's Spirit, and you wrestle and say, God, this is what I desire. Some people think you cannot change the mind of God, but the reality is, He shows with your persistence, your desire want to do his will and achieve his purpose and he will bless you and empower you to accomplish just that like the widow in the parable Jacob put his whole being into this conversation and this wrestling with God's visitor and I'm wondering I'm asking you when was the last time that you had that kind of wrestling match with God Is it time for you to prevail in prayer? Is it time for you to go eye to eye and face to face with God and say, God, this is something that I believe with all of my heart and should be accomplished, and it's according to what your scripture has to say. God, I want to see this happen. My life or somebody else's life. To put everything we have into it. The essence of our entire being if we do that we're going to encounter God the last thing that I want to speak to is concerning the man who wrestles with God may experience a changed life through prevailing prayer so when we come to God with this determination to lay out our Desire before him. To try to work through our anxieties and our loneliness, the darkness that we might be in, the the times that we have have tried to skirt him or run away from him and, and come before him and say, Let me explain, let me let me give you an understanding of where I'm coming from. The heart of God reaches out and says, I want to hear. And i want you to be open to hear me verse 27 says the man asked him what is your name jacob he answered you know it was at this point in this conversation and this wrestling match with god that jacob had to own who he really was in other words when you go face to face with god you have to really come to a place where you say and realize okay here are my failings i'm going to be transparent before god and i am working through this process of trying to understand why things are the way they are or trying to persuade him this is the way things ought to be i've got to own up to who i am jacob had to do that he was a trickster He was a deceiver. If you go back and remember Genesis 27, 27, and I used this illustration on Mother's Day, Jacob, and in particular his mother Rebecca, because she favored him over Esau, that was her one great flaw, if you remember, Rebecca wanted Isaac to bless Jacob and not Esau. Always goes to the oldest child, the family blessing. But you remember that Rebecca, she made exactly the the right meal that Esau would of, of wild game. And she had Jacob put on some of Esau's clothes, even even put some some uh, wild uh, animal skin on his arm So because Esau was hairy, Isaac couldn't see. And so when he ate the food, and when he he touched his arms and hand, and when he gave Jacob a kiss, he could smell Esau's smell. Jacob said, "Yes, I, I'm Esau." And so Isaac blessed him. And so Jacob had stole the birthright of Esau. He stole the blessing, the family blessing, which in that day and time was huge. And so now, now Jacob is having to face that. He knows the next day he's going to face Esau with four hundred men. He's coming before God, and he has, he has to, in this conversation, be transparent. My name is Jacob, the trickster, the deceiver. Here was Jacob, a determined man. He was considered uh, a ruthless man, a, a con artist, a liar, a manipulator. You go through an, an entire uh, list of descriptions but in fact the name jacob not only means deceiver but it literally means grabber he always wanted to take things but here on this night when he owned who he was and only then could he disown who he was and become someone new when we meet God face to face and we wrestle with him we can't deceive him because he knows it all we have to come to the place to say okay you know everything about me I'm gonna be transparent I am a deceiver my name is Jacob the deceiver I live up to my name He owned that. And when he owned that, he could disown it and say, I don't want to be that anymore. That is the beautiful picture of forgiveness. That when we meet God and we own up to the things that we have done wrong, it doesn't matter how far back it goes. Here it was over 20 years. But God will forgive of us. And we can become someone new. And it doesn't matter if we're retired or not. We can have these encounters with God. So God changed his name. And God changed his nature. And he assured him of future victory with both God and man. There's still a mystery here that I have not come to a good understanding. And scholars that I've read have not either, although some have opinions. In verse 29, Jacob said, please tell me your name, talking about the heavenly visitor. But he replied, why do you ask my name? There's a tinge of me that says that Jacob ought to know his name. Then the scripture says, then he blessed him there. That's what Jacob wanted. Jacob wanted God's blessing. He was determined. It was an undeniable movement. With tenacity, he desired that. But the first thing that had to happen is he had to address who he was and turn away from who he was for God. God to change him and in that day and time he did that by changing the name and giving him the blessing that blessing was so much greater than the deceiver got from Isaac so many years before going through this process of prevailing in prayer of meeting God, of being transparent, of going through that that change, of realizing and saying, this is who I am. I don't want to be that anymore. I want to change. God will touch your life. He will help you to change. He will eradicate any sin. He will eradicate the desire to do that when we stay in touch with him. We can prevail when we wrestle with God and we are so committed with our entire being to be what he wants us to be. For Jacob, he paid a a heavy price to have the blessing of God. When that heavenly visitor touched the socket of Jacob's hip, it was wrenched. And from that point on, he limped. Always, For a sign that says you have met god and don't forget our encounter and don't forget the promise i've given you and don't forget the blessing that i have given you reminds me to some degree of the apostle paul if you remember in in second corinthians chapter 12 paul talked about his uh, uh, his time when he was called up in the spirit and he says whether it was real whether it was a dream god spoke to me in this way and he said I I heard things that no human should be able to hear or is uh, permitted to tell. And I, I saw great revelations. And then he said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And he asked God three times to remove that thorn, to remove that encounter he had with almighty God and you know what God said my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness we don't have to be strong and we don't have to do it all on our own the fact is that what God wants he wants us to be obedient to him he wants to see that changed life he wants to remind us and sometimes we have to pay a price ourselves to be right with God and right where he wants us to be but if we have the blessing of God whatever that pain might be whatever that price might be it is worth it a hundred times over I just looked at verse 30 and i just i say wow here jacob goes through everything and he comes to the place where he realizes in verse 30 i saw god face to face and yet my life was spared (laughs) he thought he was dealing with this heavenly visitor no wonder no wonder he said what is your name And he came with the reality that he was dealing with god face to face and friend on on this side of the cross we have the incredible privilege every time that we come together in prevailing prayer to meet god face to face (laughs) to put our whole being into it he met god face to face and he realized it and in this process jacob the deceiver received the name of israel most likely it means he struggles with god and it was always going to be with him because until our dying day we are going to be struggling to be the people that god wants us to be the person that is fulfilling the purpose that god has for us i think that probably one of the most important events that took place was in verse 29 when the scripture says when it was all done that god blessed him there don't you want to be blessed by god and i'm not talking about in some um uh, an ordinary way mystical way i'm talking about a true blessing from god that says listen I promise you this I'm gonna be with you it's not gonna be easy in this world and I'm telling you you're gonna go through all kinds of things but I I am going to be with you the creator of the universe will continue to be with you every single moment of the day you know anyone can experience a change in nature in a situation through an encounter with God in prayer but that's what we need You don't need to be on autopilot. I gave my life to Christ back when I was 12 years old and uh, and I've known him ever since and and I've uh, just lived my life and here I am. What impact for the kingdom have you made? What what purpose has God used you to accomplish in this world? And this this is just a temporary world. There's one coming that's just indescribable. Frederick Buchaner characterizes Jacob's divine encounter at Jabbok River as the magnificent defeat of the human soul at the hands of God. Where Jacob, who was the deceiver, came to this place of humility. Transparency. And you know, I think in in Jacob's story, we can easily recognize our own elements of struggle, our own fears and darkness and loneliness and vulnerabilities, the empty feelings, the powerlessness that we have, exhaustion, the relentless pain that we go through. But God doesn't want to leave us in the midst of our trials, our fears, and our battles in life. He's not a hands-off God unless we just close the door on him. Now, when we come to the place to learn in our conflicts of life, we learn that God offers us a corresponding divine gift. We have these encounters that are most difficult. God has a gift for us to guide us through. You see, it's in him that we can receive the power of conversion and transformation by Christ coming into our life. The gift of not only our surrender to him, but also the freedom that that surrender gives us in him. The gifts of endurance and faith and courage no matter what. In the end, Jacob does what we all must do. He's got to come face to face and confront his failures, his weaknesses, his sins, all the things that are hurting him, all the things that he was running away from through his life. And he faced God. And that's what we have to do. We have to, to turn, come to an understanding that we have failed and acknowledge them. We're weak. We're not strong. We have sinned. We've disobeyed him. And it hurts. There are a lot of things that hurt. But God says, I'm going to take care of that if you will come to me. We learn from this incredible incident in the life of Jacob that our lives are never meant to be easy. I never have understood Christian people think once they give their life to Christ it's smooth sailing forever never does the scripture ever ever say that what it does say is that God will be with us through all those difficulties this is especially true when we take it upon ourselves to wrestle with God and his will for our lives that is the hardest struggle because every single one of us really would like to have what we want Done in our lives we, we want to accomplish things and and sometimes we figure out a way to justify and say well God wants me to do this well if <clears throat> if it's not what his desire and his will is for you which is very clear in Scripture very clear by what the Spirit of God is saying and how it relates to what Scripture says then when we wrestle we all of a sudden come to a place that life is not easy I've alluded to the time when, when God called my father preach and he struggled with that and he didn't want to do it over the years finally 13 years after god had called him through a series of events my father said okay god man those 13 years they were trials we also learned that as christians Despite of our trials and our tribulations, our strivings in this life are never devoid of God's presence. When we're in the darkest depression, the most discouraging time, the greatest spiritual battles, God is in the midst of us, even if we don't hear him or we don't feel him, he is there. His blessing inevitably flows and follows in the midst of that struggle. And those struggles being messy and they can be chaotic. But you see, real growth experiences always involve struggle and pain. The way we grow the most, especially spiritually, is when we struggle and we have those pains. It's difficult, it's hard, but we grow through them in the greatest degree. Jacob's wrestling with God at Jabbok that very night reminds us of the truth that though we may fight God and his will for us in truth God is very good and he wants the very best for us he wants the best for us more than we want the best for us and as believers in Christ let me tell you we may struggle with him through the loneliness of the night but by daybreak, his blessing will come. When you look at Jacob, you realize what took place. The blessing that God gave that night, by the time the morning came, and he met his brother Esau. His brother Esau gave him the biggest hug. He didn't want all those herds. He said, I got my own. Esau desired that relationship. God took care of that. If you'll just let go, own up your struggles to God. Ask Him to help you take care of them. Be obedient to the desires and purpose that He has for you. I promise you. You will receive the blessing of God greater than you ever anticipated or could imagine. Father, I pray as we move into our time of invitation that you would just help us with this encounter of Jacob that to some degree mirrors so many of our wrestles with with you. But I pray, God, that we will see the power of prayer and prevailing prayer, that we would immerse ourselves into it. Father, today, we would come face to face with the realities of our shortcomings, what our determinations are, what we want for our lives, and God, we would, in humility, in this time of just me and you together, God, you would forgive and that you would empower and that you would transform and that you would help me, that God you would help each person here today when we come before you in that humility that we would receive your blessing and Father, our lives would change to desire with all of our heart your purpose in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing our invitation hymn. There's a decision God wants you to make today. We ask you, I'll be at the front. You come and make that decision public, or you can make it just you and God where you're standing in this time of singing. Seat. i want to uh to personally say happy father's day to all of our guys here and we love to go through and celebrate the men of our church and so uh nancy will tell you in a few moments exactly what to do but do not leave guys any guy here do not leave without getting your special gift okay we we have that for you as a, as a thank you uh one other thing before i turn it over to nancy for the announcements. Uh, You've met my my sister and my brother-in-law, and it's good to see them with us again. But I have my niece, because uh, I introduce all of my family when they come. I have my niece Kim and her friend Chris with us back here. You guys wave there? Yeah, all the way from Albuquerque. Yeah. We're counting down. I think the only one I have left is Bobby. Yeah, your your brother. So one of the, well, he was here, I think. What? Yeah, he was. So, okay, I'm done introducing all my family, so that's, that's it. <laughs> Nancy?
0: There will be ladies at each of the six exits, so men, please take the time to go by and get your gift. We want you to have that. And men, also, there's a couple of sign-up sheets for you out in the small lobby as well as the main lobby. This Tuesday is the men's ministry luncheon at 1130 at Tivoli Gardens. The cost is $15 and Dr. David Johnson, who is Executive Director of the Arizona Southern Baptist Convention, will be the guest speaker. But there's also a sign up out there for you to sign up for the Men's Fellowship Breakfast, which will be on July the 5th. Do you see the pattern? Food. <clears throat> I know that you've been praying for the choir. We are definitely on the home stretch this coming week for our musical, our patriotic musical Sing America Song next Sunday. Please continue to pray that we all stay well through this coming week. And we look forward to having you here next Sunday and to enjoying that hot dog cookout afterwards. There's also a sign up and if you are coming for the movie lunch, which will be Thursday at 1230, we need to see your name on that sign up sheet by no later than noon tomorrow. The movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington at one, that's free. At the
1: lunch at 12:30. if you plan to come we need to know that phil marybeth why don't you come on up if you would by the way if if you by chance missed the oregon stop pizza uh <laughs> event that we went to this week we had 53 of our folks that went and man it was it was excellent so got back safe and sound which is really really good this is uh, Mary Beth and Phil Lord. Uh, they are just some great people. I, I knew them up in uh, when I was pastoring in Seattle. Uh, Phil's parents were a member of our church there. Uh, y-
4: y'all were members there too. <laughs> <are.
1: laughs> Surprise!
4: <laughs>
1: oh, before I came.
4: Well, we left shortly
1: after you got Okay. So how much? How, how long are y'all going to be here this time? <laughs> No, I didn't know that. I didn't. I, that's something I didn't know. Well, your parents were very faithful. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: These are great folks, and I tell you, they have been uh, already engaged in, in a number of our ministries, and we so appreciate that very much. Uh, great folks. Want you to meet them. Um, all in favor of accepting them into our membership, if you would show that by the sign, I please. Aye. And again that would be no 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 that's good all right that's good well in just a few moments uh, our folks are going to come around and give you what we call the right hand of christian fellowship these days they may give you an elbow they may just kind of walk to the side and shake or they may shake your hand i don't know but it's up to them but in just a moment they're going to do that and they're saying two things number one welcome to your church family here and secondly we're going to be walking beside you and praying with you in these days ahead we'll look forward to that okay all right okay you guys hang tight here and, uh, <coughs> Carol, would you mind coming and standing? Debbie, are you coming? She's coming. Too. Doing something else. Okay. If you'd come and stand beside Mary Beth, I, I don't know everything going on here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Would you please stand as Debbie Roberts, yeah. who is co-team lead of our Stitches of Love ministry comes to lead us in our